0: Robins on the Wire. A Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor.
1: Welcome along to Robins on the Wire, myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. Uh, plenty to dissect this week. Uh, one win in ten for Bristol City. Not great form at the moment. And a little bit later on, at the end of the podcast, we're going to be hearing from a club that has a lot of Bristol City youngsters on loan. And Gregor's been in touch with his equivalent up that way. So we'll be hearing more about that uh, later on. Gregor, welcome along. Have you recovered from Saturday yet?
2: Just about, but, um, yeah. Hair and pulling out experience, wasn't it? Just a crazy game, crazy game.
1: We were both there. I was doing it for Soccer Saturday. And you sort of think at half time, done and dusted at 3 0, don't you? Uh, City played pretty well. I think there was a sort of 20 minute period in the first half where it was just a bit dull, let's be honest. But um, yeah, the goals either side of that. From our Gigi was playing well. It's funny because at the start of the first half, Gigi was sort of getting pulled out wide, not really in that, that zone of the 18 yard area if you drew a, down, a line down the pitch. And I just thought he'd been really ineffective. He wasn't holding the ball up very well. And suddenly he scored and came to life, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I think there's several plus points on the game, as well as a few negatives, obviously. Um, and D form is probably the biggest uh, bonus for City there. Um, obviously three goals since he's come back now and yeah, as you say, he held the ball up nicely. Um really well, could have got a hat trick fairly easily, couldn't he? If he didn't obviously,
1: handball it.
2: Yeah, there was also that chance in the first half as well, wasn't there? Oh, was um, just
1: inches ahead of him. Yeah across from um, um, was it? Ryan Kent yeah, on the right. It's a great ball he yeah. just didn't quite get there did he but uh, it transpired that he'd been out the night before with his child who'd been poorly and I, I was sort of thinking around the sem- 70th minute we didn't have that knowledge at the time but nevertheless I was thinking the 70th minute is Lee Johnson going to take him off now because he's looking a little bit tired he's being a bit ineffective, obviously he'd love to get a hat trick, but you know, is it time to sort of belt and braces? And he kept him on, and well, we know the rest.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not too sure why Lee took so long to make those changes myself. Actually, I certainly thought I was. I was looking um, when it was three two. I was looking at the sidelines. So, Thinking, is he going to make a change? Ah, oh, yeah, he's got two guys warming up and the two guys were on the sidelines for a while to come on. But obviously Sunderland were attacking and, yeah, I, I just think sometimes you need to get these guys on a bit earlier and affect the game with with all due respect. like Even if City had held on to win 3-2, what's the point of bringing on a couple of guys for, like, just a minute? Seconds, unless, you, yes. unless you're going to do it as a time-wasting exercise and if that's the case, why didn't he do it earlier? So, yeah, I didn't understand that, but... Hey, that's what will um.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, why is he bringing them on so, so late? But It's sort of Lewis Journey when he came on at half time. We know that was because Bobby Reid had a bit of a knock. You could see him limping a bit. And I totally understand why Lee Johnson did that. He said in his post-match he regretted that. But, you know, I wouldn't sort of criticise him for that. But Lewis Johnny was poor. Really yeah.
2: poor. This guy, he, he, poor chap, he just looks a broken man, doesn't he? I don't know. What he's gonna have to, what he's gonna have to do to revive him? Did you see his social media post as well oh, this week? No, or what something? What did he say? Something about I don't know. I think it was in French. I think it was alluding to being in a, in a black hole or something like that. Oh my word! But, That's um, drastic. Yeah, maybe a dark moment or something. But um, yeah, I, he had a few chances and, and he's getting to the right them, positions. Yeah. yeah, but he really does look so short of confidence, doesn't he, at the moment? Yeah, and,
1: absolutely. And yeah. I think that. The fact he wasn't sort of firing all cylinders. They had the chances to put the game to bed. They were made to, obviously, rue those chances at the end. But there was, it's got to be said, as much as their defensive errors led to the goals, there was a huge slice of luck for Sunderland. I mean, the equaliser coming off the back of Marlon Pack's foot, you know, that's just crazy, crazy luck, isn't it, for Sunderland. And that sort of says Bristol City's luck isn't where they want it to be at the moment Given they should also, for me, 100% a penalty Jamie Patterson pulled back at
2: 3-2 Yeah, they're not getting the breaks maybe there And um, I think Sunderland only had three shots on target the whole game and, um, There are
1: plenty of shots but not many on target Yeah, they?
2: <laughs> and they've come away getting three goals And yeah, very fortunate there But yeah, it's, it's just weird isn't it How the Championship just kicks you in the in the knackers when when, when But it's, you, it's
1: a penalty for times. Jamie Patterson He's put, Yes, it was a poor touch but he's clearly pulled back. I think maybe it was Billy Jones that pulled him back. I can't remember. But the shirt almost comes off his back. Tell me how that's not a penalty.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the ref's doing there. I think he, I think they did kind of spot it, but they Well, he put didn't... his
1: arms up to say advantage, yeah. that there was an advantage, but there was no advantage.
2: Yeah, Jamie... by the letter of
1: the, By the letter of the law, <clears throat> there was no advantage, and he'd put his hands up. yeah. To do that signal, you goes
2: like that. I know it was discussed in the press conference afterwards whether Jamie would have got that penalty if he'd have gone down. Um, he didn't. He didn't make a meal of it, um, and it's unfortunate. But I do think sometimes you need to not make a meal of it, exactly. Box clever. Yeah, exactly. You just have to be a bit cute about these kind of things and sometimes the refs give them, sometimes they don't. And he tried to play on there and he's not got any reward whatsoever. So, yeah, he gets penalised,
1: really, for being too honest. I'm now going to criticise a player which I don't like doing, but Josh Brownhill. He had to slot in at right-back, which is never easy when he's a midfielder or or a winger. Now, for the Aidan McGeady goal... He just lost him. Aidan McGee just lost him and run to the front post, and it was such a simple free kick for them. And he scored an own goal as well. Now, the own goal was massively unfortunate, but Josh Brownhill at right back is not the answer, is it?
2: No, not at all. I, I can't um, criticise Josh. I think he's had a great season. He's been
1: fantastic, he, yeah. yeah. and
2: he's playing out of position there, and, um, yeah, I, I can't attribute too much blame for for that goal on McGee. I, I think with McGee coming on, you probably... That's probably an organizational error. Somebody else, more natural defender, has probably got to pick up McGee. Just Josh Brown is quite
1: small. Yeah,
2: um but yeah, I mean it was it was a great Works free kick from Sunderland's point of view. That's clever. A lovely, yeah, lovely move. And yeah, I mean, Lee Johnson said after the game that that's the sort of thing where people have just been that little bit slow to react. Oh, it's, you've got it's, to read it.
1: It's split seconds. Yeah. You know, it's McGeady knows he's making that run. Josh Brownhill hasn't seen him go. And, and by the time he's reacted, he's too late. And it's a good finish by McGeady as well. The own goal, May be just a little bit flat footed for, but you know, he's not a right back. So no. what are we going to do without Baker next game?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe recall uh, we Magnuson, as I keep banging on about. But but we'll see. We'll see. I mean. I was disappointed in Joe Bryan actually yeah, yeah, for he did two have of a good the game, goals there he? because, because I tired? just, yeah, he was beaten too easily for that last goal. And um, yeah, he hasn't had much help from Ryan Kent there, but it's a one on one and this guy's fast. I, th- I, th- I actually thought Asoro had Job a John gr- Asoro
1: was brilliant. Yeah, he had
2: a really great game for Sunderland. Um, first I've seen of him, Sunderland. Sorry, a Sweden under 21 player. And uh, yeah, I, I thought Bryan was beaten too easily there. He's got to stop him getting to the byline. Uh, they were in trouble once he got there. And he also gave away that from free kick didn't he for the for the mcgidi goal he did, yeah. Um, Soft free kick, yeah, yeah yeah and it was a free kick i thought he did catch the player just mm-hmm. about so yeah i was a little bit disappointed he's been
1: though. a bit out of sorts recently joe Bryan hasn't he he hasn't had a good few games dare i say because he's one of the best players this season does he need a rest i know they've just been to buy for five days but I, I
2: i'm not too sure if he needs a rest i just think um yeah he's he's possibly bristol city's um, best player in some regards. He's best uh, technically
1: gifted, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and he's had a great season overall. I just think maybe he's been caught out a little bit, which happens from time to time. Uh, all players go through good and bad patches, and he's yeah, he's not had the not been in the best form the last few games. But I do expect him to pick it up over the next few weeks, and and City too.
1: So we said in the press room before the game, you know, if they do well today, it'll be like, oh, Dubai was a great idea, you know. should do that every season. If they don't do so well, it would be like, oh, why did they go to Dubai? They didn't get anything out of that. So what's the verdict?
2: Yeah, I, well, for 70 minutes, it was uh, it was a brilliant idea. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm not sure if you can attribute that. Can you, the, the last 20 minutes falling away um, and, and it's, it's, conceding three late goals. Conceding
1: three so, so late on. Mm. I'm going to say it, um, jet lag, travelling, being tired late on.
2: I, I know Lee Johnson's um, explanation was obviously he admitted that he'd made tactical errors himself and he didn't he really did go for it he, he could have brought in another defender another midfielder try to shore it up tactically as he said but he, he was a
1: goal difference wasn't he
2: yeah um and I, I just think he's kind of gambled a little bit there and you kind of have to take the rough with the smooth in that he he does play a very attacking game of football and he does want to always attack so he's always going to have great maybe attacking comebacks and um great thrilling football but by the, same, by the same token you're always going to maybe get caught on the break occasionally and things aren't going to go for you other teams are going to come back into it a bit like uh, maybe Newcastle under Kevin Keegan many years ago hmm. in that kind of gallivanting um, uh, yeah, Cavalier kind of style of football um, and yeah maybe they were just caught out then but I know Lee Johnson was at pains to say that he was disappointed with the way the team defended um, as a unit um, and especially the front guys and I wrote about this actually after the game, saying that I, di- I didn't think um, City defended well enough. That in, in terms of their front players, Louis Ken- no,
1: Dione wasn't closing down. No,
2: absolutely, Dione and um, and maybe Kent and maybe Deju, but maybe the fir- maybe the last two were a little bit tired. Obviously, we know about Deju now and his son. Um, but the new guys maybe haven't quite acclimatised and aren't producing what's what's expected of them and that's only natural um, and I think maybe we just got to give these guys time and just be a bit patient
1: Yeah but you don't think that the Dubai trip they were tired after that after flying sort of 7-8 hours home on Thursday?
2: I, I don't because um, I mean I would have I mean, yeah, okay, that's a fair bit of travelling But they, the guys have been doing a lot of travelling across the season Haven't had a, um, a proper full intense match during the week Like they have a, have had at other times during the season um, I don't know, I just think that's an easy excuse And yeah, I, I'm not too sure there's too much in that one for me
1: One win in ten That yeah. is not promotion form no, it's,
2: um, it's, it's very worrying. Um, I, I've seen a few City fans even starting to say now, haven't they? They've written off top six even.
1: What? Uh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I know.
2: That's That, that is Don't
1: ridiculous. think we need to go panic stations just yet, but it's not promotion form, you know? And to throw away a three-goal lead, I, that's a sort of... Like Aston Villa, the 5-0 was a one-in-a-season thing. That game on Saturday, for me, is a one-in-a-season thing. So there's not many of those sort of... Occasions that will happen again I don't think but going to Leeds on Sunday whew, that's a hard Ellen Road very hard place to go
2: Yeah it's for me this game is a, it's a good time to go to Ellen Road but also a bad time because um obviously, um Leeds are missing a few players they've got a few players still suspended, um Samuel says, who was excellent, I thought I saw K, that probably. spit that's what he suspended for some
1: so he says however you say it. he said uh, he he spat in Newport and he's still a six game sp- suspension at the moment so yeah, he's out
2: um they're also missing Liam Cooper and um uh, Gaetano um as well Barardi. um so yeah, they're missing a few players got a few injury worries as well. Um, I think Ailing might be is is missing, I think he might be out for the season And he's a big loss for them um, He was excellent at Ashton Gate as well So from that point of view, in terms of personnel It could be um, a good time to go there However, I just can't see Leeds losing two on the trot under new coach, Paul Heckingbottom Who I really rate, I'd say I think he's a really top quality coach um, And I'd be very surprised if he Well, if, if City were able to go there and get the win and um, With it being his be, first home As I said, this game. is his
1: first game, home yeah. game, so the crowds can be up for it. Ellen Reds a hard place to go. And Leeds currently 11th from 44 points. Bristol City still in sixth, 52. Fortunate that Preston drew it the weekend, by the way. So we will know from Saturday's results where Bristol City are, because there's a very high chance that they will be out of the top six come Sunday afternoon when they kick off against Leeds, because Preston... And Sheffield United uh, both play on Saturday, I believe, and they're both sitting behind on 49 points. So, and the goal difference is really tight. Uh, Leeds, on 44 points, you know, they're still sniffing around the playoffs. I mean, anyone down to Norwich, really, isn't with the shout of the playoffs at the moment. So, to go there and get a point, do you think that would be a good good result? I mean, they come on one win in ten, they need a win.
2: They do need a win. Um, and, yeah, I just think it's going to be a real vociferous cauldron of noise isn't it um, the Leeds home crowds, not um, the yeah, seems. to opposition uh, uh, Hell um, are going to be yeah just um, shouting their, their voices off aren't they uh, at City uh, and supporting he- uh, Hecky in his first game at Ellen Road um, it's going to be really tough for, uh, for City they're going to have to don the tin hats and uh, they're going to need to show real character real battle real fight um, I just can't see Leeds losing this one Um By the same token, I can't see them winning, so I I really fancy a draw here.
1: I've got a few questions on Twitter for you, Gregor. If you want to tweet us, I'm at Michelle Owen7 and Gregor is at GMcG. The first one from Luke Kerry says, where do you think Bristol City will finish the season? We talk about this every week. So I I think top six still. I really do, but I think they'll scrape it and I think it will be sixth. It would be agonising if they finished seventh. So I really think, looking at the games on paper they've got coming up, you know, if they could get a point against Leeds, if they could go to Cardiff from the seven-side derby and get something, I reckon that would set them right back on track. But I think it's very dependent on this next couple of weeks. I really do.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And um, yeah, I think they're going to finish top six as well. And I think they might just scrape it as well. Um,
1: I don't I, think Automatics is, is on the cards now. No. I know I, it's still tight. Like, you look at the table, I know it's still tight. But, given the form they're in... You know, the automatic spot as we speak on uh, Tuesday afternoon is occupied by Aston Villa with 59 points. Uh, I know there's a few championship games tonight with Cardiff playing and things. Uh, So there's uh, seven points above Bristol City Villa right now. I, I just don't see automatics happening.
2: Yeah, I know Villa on this tremendous run of what seven wins in a row it's now.
1: Incredible
2: and, run! And um, they have, they have got quality in their ranks. I just thought Snodgrass was outstanding, for example, when when the Robins went there. But um, I don't, I'm not sure anyone can sustain that over a long period of time um, in the Championship, given how close the league is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still, I'm, I'm still absolute I, I still don't rule out second place for any team coming through just yet. However, I do think Bristol City. Unfortunately Don't quite have That consistent quality To make the top two So I would go I, I still think top six I think they're going to Come back into form I think um I think they'll do, be Similar to last season In that they obviously they had, they had the wretched winter Then they came back Into form towards The end of the season I mm-hmm. think that'll be The case again
1: but We can't wait that long we can't, no, like, to be in the play, to be in the playoffs, they can't wait. You know, another few weeks to get back into form because by then it will have gone.
2: Two but I just think the teams behind keep slipping up as well. I mean, Preston Zoo didn't they had the win at the weekend? Maybe should have won that game. I think they were.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I've realised a game I missed out in the games I was just talking about. So Leeds on Sunday, next Wednesday, Fulham. That, and that's then a key ne- game. That, yeah. That's massive. And Fulham mm-hmm. are on such a big run. Mm-hmm. And then next Sunday, um, the seven-side derby. I mean, I just think by the end of February, we will know where this where this Bristol City team are at.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I actually think they might they might uh, lose across the uh, Seven Bridge, unfortunately. I, I think Cardiff will be whipped up for that. Um, but I do fancy them against Fulham, and that's mainly because I thought they handled the cottages with... With sort of relative ease when they went um, to West London They played one of their best away games of the season for me First hour, um, Fulham really struggled to create anything of note And um, City caught them on the break a couple of times And, and I think they've got the weapons to basically to um, handle um, Fulham there um, Especially Ashton Gate um, and I think it's just really getting these players back from injury Who are going to come back over the next few weeks That's going to be a huge boost to the squad The the new guys coming in and, and finally adapting to the team And slowly they are getting better um, And I think, yeah, I, I do fancy Bristol City to finish the season in um, decent form So, uh, yeah, we'll see I don't rule them out of anything just yet
1: Tiger Wolf says, should Lee have kept Josh at right back rather than putting Corey back there?
2: Um, in hindsight, obviously, it's easy to say yes. I, I didn't think that worked out too badly. I mean, obviously, they've conceded three goals, but
1: I think he means that the other way round. I think he means should Lee have kept Corey at right back rather than putting Josh back there? Mm. Doesn't he? Because on Saturday, Josh Brown was there, not Corey Smith.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Corey was, yeah, he was outstanding in midfield at times on Saturday, and certainly the game before that when he moved back into midfield. It's too much of a loss, though, the- isn't he? Yeah, later on in the bowling game. It's just, yeah.
1: But the, these formation questions bring us on to another one from Tristan, who says, is Joe Bryan better as a left mid-winger or left-back? Which brings us on to talking about the leads and sort of what, what Team Lee Johnson should go with. Uh, <laughs> it's really difficult. It's so difficult without Baker. Someone tweeted me on Saturday. Forgive me, I can't remember who it was. But they said, I've always said that Baker is more important than Flint. And I have said that a few times on the podcast. Flint's very, very good. And he scored a lovely goal on Saturday. Really good goal. Eighth goal of the season. But he is only brilliant when Baker is beside him. And I honestly believe that.
2: Yeah, City are definitely missing something when... I think when either of those two are missing. And
1: Last game without Baker on Sunday. Yeah. He
2: can't come back soon enough, really. And
1: What are they going to do? What are they going to do on Sunday? How is he going to play? Is he going to... Is he? Is he going to put... I mean, Ryan Kent played well, so he has to keep a spot for me. I know he was defensively a bit shabby in the last 20, but going forward, he was fantastic. So, what do you do? Who do you drop and who do you move?
2: I think I think Lee will go with either Smith or Brownhill at right back again. Uh, do you think
1: he'll go with Brownhill again?
2: Yeah, I, I think he might do. And No way. <laughs> well, let's not forget, they didn't lose at the weekend. I know it feels no, it like it feels a loss. No, it feels like they did, though. Yeah, 3-0 up. Lose, yeah.
1: And don't get me wrong, Josh Brownhill is such a good player and he can do a job at right back, But you go to Leeds, I want to put Josh Brown in the right back.
2: Yeah, I I think he might go with Corey Smith saying that.
1: OK, so then do you think Josh Brown will come into the centre mid with Marlon Pack? I do. And then on one wing, you might have Ryan Kent, the other one, Pate. I do, yeah. So that means Joe Brown stays at left back. And is that Joe Brown's best position?
2: Uh, <laughs> it depends It depends <laughs> I like I like to see a player like Joe um, Playing left midfield When you're in tough away games So And that's how they They used him in not they At Man City uh, And um, In the Carabao Cup run um, And yeah I wouldn't be surprised If we saw him in that um, Position again Possibly even this weekend With What
1: Magnuson. and then put left back And yeah. then drop Kent or patto Because Jim because Patterson was, wasn't great at the weekend
2: No He hasn't been in the best form But for me, Pato is one of those players you just cannot drop because he's that good he's and he's that got important. A spark, isn't he? Yeah, and he so easily could have set something up. I mean, that that cross for um, DGU, oh, for, for the know. almost hat trick was yeah, that was, was brilliant. Good, was Don't so forget good. the nutmeg before it as well. Which I was,
1: know he's so talented, he's so 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 skillful. Uh, so, do you think then? Uh, let's say you're thinking a back four of Smith, and then in the middle Baker and Wright, and then left back Magnuson.
2: Not Baker Not Baker I meant to say
1: Bailey Wright Bailey Wright, yeah That's definitely what I meant to say I'm just wistful thinking uh, So, sorry, let me start again Corey Smith Bailey Wright Aidan Flint Magnuson, And then right to left Of the midfield You'd go Jamie Patterson So Ryan Kent's dropped And then in the middle You'd have Josh Brownhill and Pack And on the left, Joe Bryan
2: Yeah, just for a bit more Defensive stability Bring on Ryan Kent Later on in the game When his pace is going to have Maybe a little bit more Of an effect Um... And he, he's played, well, a, yeah. Sorry, go on. And he's played a couple of the games recently, so uh, maybe maybe it could be a good time to um, swap him out and bring him back on for sort a,
1: of using him as an impact sub. Exactly. What about a left back, Magnussen? Are we trusting him there? Well, <laughs> <laughs> he did all
2: right in the Carabao Cup run, didn't he? I mean, okay. So... Here's
1: a, a curveball. What about putting Magnussen at centre back, with Aiden Flint, and putting Bailey right at left back?
2: Bailey right, I don't know about that. Don't forget, Magnuson played against Man United uh, at left back, didn't he? So
1: he did, he did um, play well, and
2: and he plays both legs against Man City. So,
1: but I know you've like just looked at me and sort of dismissed Bailey right at left back, but he's been so good out of position at right back this season, and I know he's right-footed, and it's difficult on the left.
2: But is it an option or are you just completely dismissing that? I'm dismissing that completely because because no it's <laughs> because there's too much um shuffling about um it's it's, it's too much um too many unknown quantities there mm-hmm. in terms of can, can Bailey um, successfully use his left foot a lot more over there and yeah, just you, communication. So and, that's
1: not an option. Yeah,
2: and positionally, would he be quite correct there? No, I yeah, I, th- yeah, I, I think I think familiarity um, in your back line always reaps rewards and that's why fielding coming back in last weekend was so important. And by the way, what a say. What a say. say <laughs> How have
1: we not mentioned that yet? Just going back from Ashley Fletcher. This is, this is what happened for me watching that. So uh, he he probably should have done better with the shot. So he palms it into Ashley Fletcher's path. And I see Ashley Fletcher coming in. And what, what happens is I turn back around to my camera and I shout to my producer, I say, Goal Sunderland. And then I'm um, looking at my cameraman and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm like, where's the ball? Because I, I just thought it had gone in because everything was happening so quickly. And somehow Fielding saved it. And I just caught the save as I was saying goal Sunderland. I was like, oh no, 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 no. Incredible save, and actually a match-saving save to give them the point. Ultimately,
2: yep. I was out of my seat at that point and uh, screaming, "Oh my word!" or something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, something maybe stronger than that. And um, up front against Leeds, uh, Bobby Reed and Shishu. I mean, that's yeah, that fixes itself now, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, I think if Reed had stayed on at the weekend, I think um, they would have got another. I think they would have won that game. Yeah, I think they would have got another goal.
1: And his work rate, but not only that that assist for Gigi's goal where it looked like brilliant he, he took it around the keeper and blasted it into the top of the net what a beautiful ball
2: yeah brilliant pass brilliant finish
1: as well and in terms of Twitter questions if you want to get any more in at uh, Michelle Owen7 and at GMcG and we'll do a few more of them next week we usually tweet before we're heading into the studio uh, so that's where we are with the first team but there is a number of the Bristol City squad out on loan at a specific club and uh, the club we're talking about is Lee's dad's gary's cheltenham
2: town and uh, you've been doing some investigating yeah i've been talking to um, my equivalent um in gloucester um and cheltenham and that's john palmer who works for gloucester live and the gloucester echo and he um covers cheltenham obviously and he's been giving me the lowdown on how gary johnson's doing at the moment up there and also um keeping an eye on the bristol city loanees and uh here's what he said
0: the 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 current loans um Joe Morrell has probably been the big, biggest success story. Um, he came in without a Football League appearance to his name um, and he was set to be on the bench against Stevenage but he got thrown in for his debut because of an, in, an illness to Nigel Ghana, So he wasn't expecting to play. He got thrown in for his first game in the league and he, he straight away looked comfortable. And he's been consistently good for Cheltenham. He missed a couple of games due to Wales under 21 duty. Uh, but apart from that, he's been an automatic choice, although he did miss yesterday's game with the groin injury. Um, Taylor Moore, Taylor Moore has done very well, although he's just served the three match ban for a red card, which many felt, felt were harsh against Mansfield, which the, the club appealed. Um, it was for an elbow. Um, the club appealed it, but it was unsuccessful. So he's just had to sit out three games. Apart from that, he's been ever present and he's played at right back and sent for half. Um, he had a couple of shaky games. Um, notably in the FA Cup against Maidstone, where Shatner went out in the first round. But overall, he's acquitted himself very well, considering he's he's only 20, 21, and he's learning the game. He's been excellent, both at centre-half and at right-back. Freddie Hines was probably the one that fans were most excited about when the three arrived at once at the end of August. Um, Because he'd obviously played and scored a couple of goals for the first team, but he's a couple of years younger than the other two. So Gary Johnson said that he was mainly at Cheltenham to be around the first-team environment and learn about what it what it was all about. But he showed a few glimpses. He scored a goal in the Checker Trade Trophy against Forest Green. Uh, but unfortunately, his only start for the club in the league came on the wing, um, which I think he, he's more of a central striker. But he showed some some glimpses of his talent. But he, he found it a lot harder to get into the team than the other two. And he obviously has been recalled in January because he wasn't getting regular football, but he certainly didn't do anything wrong when he was at Cheltenham. He just didn't get the opportunities that Morell and Moore had.
2: Sure, sure. And um, uh, just on Joe Morell, I mean, I remember seeing him against Cheltenham in, in the Johnson Cup in the summer. Um, he played pretty well that game. I wonder if, if that sort of um, uh, sealed the deal for him in, for him uh, heading up the M5. Um, you, you were at that game as well, weren't you, John? So uh, Yes don't know if he stood out for you as well um but then on um, taylor moore has he mostly been at center
0: half or right back when he first came in he, he came in at center half um mm-hmm. but recently in in the second half of his loan so far he's been at right back and i think he it's going to be interesting to see where city see him ending up because he, he's very comfortable on the ball he's not massive in terms of uh, f- physical for a center half he's not the biggest but he's a very intelligent footballer. Um, so I think maybe City might see him as a more of a right-back in the future. But he's done well in both positions. And if you land if it up, he's probably played equally as much, if not a little bit more right-back.
2: Oh, yeah, with, with Taylor Moore, of course, the thing for City fans is um, he was playing at Bury last season and obviously dropped down a division this year, um, which is a bit odd to see. But um, maybe it's um, doing him uh, a bit more good being uh, regularly played uh, week to week um, what about um, Jake Andrews has he, has he been involved at
0: all yeah he's had a very interesting start to his time at Cheltenham because he, he was in the squad for the first time for Grimsby away but he, he was withdrawn due to the imminent arrival of his baby girl so he didn't travel with the squad to Grimsby in the end the baby didn't arrive so he was paid in the reserves on Tuesday against Plymouth but he had to go off at half time having got news through that the baby was about to arrive the baby still didn't arrive so he was back in the squad for Saturday's game against Port Vale and he was on the bench for the first time in that game. He came on in the second half and did very well. Um, the baby has since arrived—a baby girl. He arrived on Monday afternoon. But in terms of his debut, he, he came on, um, nearly scored, forced a very good save from the goalkeeper, and he cleared one off the line during stoppage time. So he made a positive impact. And I think when, when he signed, people were seeing him as maybe as a cover player or emergency backup because of Charlton having seven loans. But he, he he showed enough on Saturday to, to suggest he could push his way into the team great stuff
2: and i think you were saying before about um that there's a certain amount of players you can take on loan and um, Cheltenham are pretty close to that And might that have an impact for him playing in the future
0: or or not yeah Cheltenham have got seven loan players in the squad at the moment obviously all signed till the end of the season so they can only have five in their matchday squad so, so when joe morell has recovered from his groin injury which, he, which he's very close to doing when Taylor Moore is in the back from his suspension and Jake Andrews is back in the squad after off um, with family duties, Gary Johnson is going to have to leave a couple of them out. And um, He's got a, a defender from uh, Brentford, he's got a defender from Rotherham, he's got a forward from Fulham. So there's, there's, there there are stacks with lone players at the moment. But <clears throat> I think the Bristol City lads will certainly be have a very good chance of staying in the team. If not on the bench
1: Really interesting to, to hear the thoughts on the youngsters Sounds like it's all going pretty well up at Cheltenham Town And a really good relationship for both clubs uh, Tonight then, this is recorded on Tuesday Pancake Day uh, There will be pancakes, maybe uh, For Bristol City Under-23s If they beat Liverpool They're playing tonight down Ashton Gate, aren't they? Bristol post to go down Greg and a real chance for some of the youngsters to shine Against uh, the Liverpool lads
2: And some of the seniors as well I think um, Gary O'Neill might be playing tonight
1: Yes, maybe Pisano mm. as well
2: yeah possibly it might come a little bit too early for him um but yeah, there might even be a couple of senior Liverpool players in the ranks as well. Obviously, Adam Lalana played last week for them, didn't mm, he? But of course sent off, yeah. So
1: he'll, he's suspended <laughs> for it. But it'll be interesting to see who they turn out. But we're going to keep an eye on these games, aren't we? Not only just for the youngsters, and I know you you guys at the Bristol Post keep a close eye on it, but also just to keep an eye on who's coming back through at the moment. You know, Eros Passano when he comes back, it just answers all the questions that yeah, we've had at the moment.
2: There's um, yeah, there's some talk as well that. Nathaniel Klein might even play for oh, Liverpool really? tonight, okay. so that, that might be interesting. Um, yeah, Pisano, um, I bumped into him on the stairs at um, Ashton Gate. Uh, he's, a, he's a nice guy. I said to it was right after the match, I said, mm-hmm. Eros, we need you back, and he, and he put his arm around my shoulder and said, don't worry, I'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> Why did he say my car on Sportsnet
2: <laughs> Um And yeah, I, I think it might be a little bit too early for him tonight. I don't know, he might might be involved What about
1: Callum how far is he off, off getting some, some
2: action? Um, well one source um, close to Callum has told me that he should be back um, by the end of the month if not before um, and yeah it would be great to get him back uh, he could he could be a, a real asset for the running couldn't he?
1: And you mentioned to me earlier there could be another first team player involved in the under 23 game tonight
2: Well I just think it would make a lot of sense if they gave um, Lois Gianni a bit more time on the pitch because he, he, the poor chap looks so devoid of confidence for the weekend I just think he needs to play more play through this um, and find the, net, yeah, find the net at any level and um, it'll, it'll slowly come back to him so I wouldn't be surprised if he played tonight um, yeah, it's a fairly um, high profile game this despite it being an under 23s match Um, and it would be great if he could score a couple of goals at this level and then build from there however I should add that Bristol City don't normally play too many senior players Mm -hmm. at under 23s level instead Lee likes to um, set up like many clubs, and behind closed doors friendly. So it it might be that they've played somebody like Shelton this week behind closed doors. We don't know about it yet, and it might come out later. Um, So, yeah, but that's something to possibly look out for tonight.
1: Okay, well... We'll keep an eye on the Bristol Post website for what's happened in that game. We'll be back next week. What we're going to do is we're going to come back after the Fulham game because then we can reflect on the Leeds match and the Fulham match, you know, a couple of uh, games in a short space of time. So we'll be back uh, sort of maybe next Thursday we'll release the next podcast. So uh, be listening then. We'll have reaction from both of those games. Hopefully some more positive points to take forward even though it was just a draw at the weekend as Gregor said I'm sure for most people it felt like a defeat so fingers crossed that one win in 10 run is soon turned around thanks for listening and remember if you're on iTunes to rate and review us as well
0: Robins on the wire
1: (laughs) ook bewust bezig zijn met je mobiel dat kan al voor 11 euro per maand met mijn sim only Nu met 100 minuten of sms'jes en 2500 mb 4G internet. Kijk op Ben.nl.